0: This is a UCD Centre for the History of Medicine in Ireland podcast. My name is Dr Sinead McCann and I am a Public Engagement Officer at the UCD Centre for the History of Medicine in Ireland for the project Prisoners, Medical Care and Entitlement to Health in England and Ireland 1850-2000. to For details about the centre please go to our website at www.ucd.org i.e. forward slash history forward slash Chomi. To listen to other episodes from our archive, please visit the Centre's iTunes page or our media website, Chomi.org. This episode is a recording from the one day event, Inside Reform Prison Healthcare Campaigns Past and Present, a policy workshop hosted by the Centre for the History of Medicine in Ireland and held at the National Gallery of Ireland on the 2nd of June 2017. Inside Reform was a policy event organised by the Wellcome Trust Senior Investigator Award Prisoners, Medical Care and Entitlement to Health in England and Ireland 1850-2000. The co-principal investigators of this project our associate professor Catherine Cox, director of the UCD Centre for the History of Medicine in Ireland, and Professor Hilary Marland, director of the Centre for the History of Medicine, University of Warwick.
1: In this podcast, Victoria Williams, director and co-founder of Food Matters, presents her paper called "Food Matters: Inside and Out." Our last week discussion. Food Matters, perhaps appropriately because lunch is approaching. Uh, Victoria uh, Williams is co founder and director at Food Matters. Uh, she's Her expertise centres on food poverty and food access issues, in particular the effect of national policies on local food initiatives. Uh, Victoria is currently working on Food Matters Inside
0: and Out, and it supports prison reform by improving the health and well being of prisoners by addressing their diets through the creation of a prison wide. Healthy eating environment. And the title of Victoria's talk is Reform Through Food, Working with Prisoners to
1: Policymakers, No Promises, No Lies, and Backdoor Diplomacy. It's, it's a bit of a mouthful, isn't it? Um, yes, and I'm only going to make it worse by talking about food. So hold your stomachs as long as you can, and I will. Um, run through this presentation as quickly as I can because I think it's important that we have time for questions and I know that we're sort of a bit behind time. Um, Yes, so I work for an organisation called Food Matters. Um, We are a very small organisation. We're not really a campaigning organisation. We're not academics, but we work on food. Food is our revolution, really. Um, We work on a range of different projects uh, around creating sustainable, fair food systems. Uh, My particular expertise is around food food access and food poverty, Um, and we run a range of different projects. Some are grassroots and delivering uh, to communities, and some are sort of nationally relevant around research, training, um, and community engagement. Um, And I suppose uh, one of the underlying principles about what we do is about community engagement and working with people, and that helps inform how a project is delivered. Sort of about uh, people's voices which we've heard a lot about this morning uh, um, so it's really very pertinent um, this particular project um, I would say it's based on the principle that food is essential to rehabilitation and it's sort of uh, the background t- to this particular project Food Matters Inside Out," is work that I've been doing with a colleague Helen Sandwell who couldn't be here today but uh, we spoke at the event in Warwick uh, a couple of weeks ago um, she's the nutrition expert. I'm not, um, but we've been working together for about eight years around a program called Fab, which is about food and well-being. Um, which is, a, we've been running over, as I say, a number of years, uh, mostly in community settings, but about uh, getting, helping people to realise their own patterns of behaviour around food. So some taught, some some active reflective learning um, work, as I say, mostly around community settings, and we wanted to take it into the prisons service. Uh, we ran a couple of pilots uh, about three years ago in SEND, which is a women's prison on the back of a program called PIPE, which some of you may have heard of, um, about personality disorders, and at Highdown Down Prison in Sutton in Surrey. This particular piece of work has been funded through the Ministry of Justice Um, as part of their uh, reform process. So six prisons that were identified as reform prisons. And the grant program, as I say, it's prison reform, better outcomes for prisons and their families. And this strand is about helping improve health and well-being of prisoners. Um, I think it's important to say that uh, very often, funding is often sort of handed down and you go in and you deliver something and it's not necessarily always welcome. Um, But this particular piece of funding um, I think is significant in the, the prisons, the reformed prisons were involved in that process. So we were on one side of it, bidding for money, and um, Ministry of Justice and NOMS uh, were at the other end, but those six prison reform staff were involved, so they got to choose which prisons, which, which projects they wanted, which I think is significant um, given the sort of uh, slightly chaotic situation the prison service finds itself in, and particularly at Wandsworth, which is where we're working. Um, And our project uh, has four strands. Um, It's building on the work we did at Send and at High Down, but we only worked with prisoners there. This is very significantly different in that we could could work forever training and working with prisoners around food and mental health and raising their awareness about how food can positively and negatively impact on their well-being. But unless we do something that is about structural change... It's not really I mean there 's point in doing it, and hopefully prisoners, some will some will benefit from what we how we work with them, but if we don 't do something about the structure infrastructure, then you could say it 's kind of slightly not entirely worthwhile um, so the four strands are uh, healthy eating workshops with prisoners that the, the bare, bare minimum is running four sessions currently we 've been working over four weeks one session a week, but it just depends on. The prison regime whether you do that over a more intense period um, and it's not i mean in wandsworth there isn't the facility for cooking so we don't do any cooking but it's about within the constraints that they face and we all know you know the fact that they're locked up most of the time they have very limited control but we try and work with them in terms of what they can their choices around food um, we've worked particularly again identifying prisons that are at that point in their lives where they are willing to take on board change Um, That's really significant. Currently we've been working mostly with with drug rehab uh, prisoners. Um, And it's about focusing on how food affects them positively and negatively and getting them to sort of think about their behaviours around food um, and where they can, making informed choices around food. Uh, Food champions. so some of those prisons that we work with, um, if they want to go on to do an additional session which... Basically, it's about them taking on certain roles to then work with other prisoners, because, as I say, we've only got so much money and so much time. So the idea is that those, very specifically, not giving nutrition advice, absolutely not, but giving advice around uh, menu choices, canteen choices, and um, around the sort of feedback um, around how they can give feedback to the kitchen and uh, and around the canteen. Um, Staff training... So, again, that's about increasing awareness to, um, to prison staff, not just for their own well-being, because they're all working in very stressful situations, um, and if they have a greater awareness of how food affects them, potentially they have an understanding of why it's important for, for prisoners to, to be well-fed and to be able to make good choices. That has been slightly less successful so far, but that's largely around um, the very difficult issue around staffing shortages and so on and then the other uh, the other the fourth element is around working with the kitchen on in two, on two levels one is around menu reformulation and the other is around um, uh, how the how the menu is presented to men because at the moment it's very difficult for them to make informed choices around healthy eating whether it's around wanting to eat more from the vegetable or whether they want to eat more protein which is a very big significant issue in prisons for for a lot of male prisoners. So I just want to quickly set the scene in that, um, one, it's Wandsworth Prison. It's one of the biggest prisons in the UK and in Europe. 1,800 prisoners per day have to be fed. High levels of staff shortages, low staff morale, um, multiple constraints um, and requirements for um, the prisoners and the kitchen. I don't, I'm not going to go through all these, but this is just a list of 12 specifications that the caterers have to conform to and all this on £2.10p a day per prisoner. Um, they, in addition, to, I mean, in addition to that, they have um, 25 other service specifications that, that include food. Um, on top of that, they have a huge catering manual that they have to conform to that's full of specifications and requirements. Um, it, I mean, the list goes on. It's, it is quite astounding that they actually managed to um, put out three meals a day, um, given all of these uh, different constraints that they face. Uh, basically they have to the bare minimum is that they have to provide five meal choices a day, one hot meal Um, the menu cycle has to be uh, four weeks Um, the men have to know when they're going to get their food they have to be able to um, get hot drinks so there's lots of they have to, um, religious diets medical diets, cooking methods so on and so forth there's lots and lots of things that they have to conform to let alone just get you know, a meal that is uh, filling. Um, sorry, I meant to say, I haven't come to any pictures yet, but any of the pictures that come up, uh, if you can't, don't tweet them because some, most of them are prison photos that we don't have permission to to tweet. Um, so, just very briefly, we ran some focus groups before we started. Um, we basically just wanted to get a baseline of um, how prisoners felt about food. These were some random prisoners, not the prisoners that we were going to work with, training um, on their their thoughts on um, prison food. And as you can imagine, um, they weren't very positive at all. Um, they, you know, basically say prison size, portion sizes are too small, breakfast size, servings are uh, tiny, um, the fruit is old and poor quality. Basically, in their meals, they get either an apple or an orange. Um, there's not enough protein, there's too many carbs, repressive and boring. Um, You know, there's just not a lot of positive um, feedback that we found, Um, which is very interesting because when you talk to the kitchen, um, I'm not going to go through all these because I mean I don't know if you're going to get slides or not, but um, they basically don't have a lot to say about the food. They also don't have a lot good to say about the canteen, which is I'm assuming everyone knows what canteen is. It's basically the prison shop. Um, It's expensive. Um, you absolutely need it to supplement the food you get in prison, so that's problematic if you if you don't have a job in prison, you don't have very much money, so you can't buy very much. Um, and their money has to be, you know, the top priority is phoning home um, and, any, and any, any other things that they need to buy. Um, but it's mainly used to buy protein products and high sugar pro- products, and um, there's a massive lack of fresh uh, produce. Although, having said that, Um, Since we've been working in the prison, the menu, the canteen has changed and so quite significantly there's a lot more fresh fruit and veg on it. Um, So that's the feedback from the canteen. Um, So uh, currently, so far we've been in the prison since January, I mean you know everyone has talked about this, it's very difficult to work, I mean Wandsworth is very problematic Um, you know there's no getting around it there's lots of staff shortages we've managed to run two workshops with prisoners we've done our first peer supporting uh, training and we've done two sessions with prison officers Um, and we are going to be running the program till the end of July and then writing up in September Um, basically I mean from just being there uh, I think that we have made changes just being in the kitchen talking to the kitchen staff um, it's just that sort of nudge just being there, just not being negative, just being there, finding out working out what, potentially how we can add value to what they're doing we're not there to say, you're doing it all wrong we're saying, look, this is, we're a resource see us as a resource, we're an extra pair of ears we're an extra pair of eyes um, we're here to help you, we're here to make things as, as good as they possibly can be um, these are some of the things that we found um, you know, again it's stuff that's sort of come up this morning overcrowding um, staff shortages. Uh, prisoners are unlocked. I mean, there's almost no free flow at Wandsworth currently. Um, you know, they're largely locked up for most of the day, 22, 23 hours a day. Um, they they basically go down to the camp, to the servery, they pick up their meal and they're back in their cell uh, within half an hour. They eat their food in their cell. I mean, you know, this is a tiny little space, two of them, they have to do everything in there. I mean, absolutely everything. Um, but, on the positive side, I mean, we spent quite a lot of time in the kitchen and it is absolutely amazing what they produce for £2.10. Um, I mean, it really is. It's, it's incredible. I mean, they, there's a lot of uh, meals cooked from scratch. Um, there has been a new menu introduced recently um, and that was based on feedback from prisoners. So we know that there is uh, a bit of uh, positive feedback. Um, I mean, difficulty for us is that we can't make a good nutritional analysis of the meals because, you know, most of the chefs that are in the kitchen are sort of ex-army, you know, used to making lots of big meals, but not necessarily following a recipe, but using it as a guide and, you know, just sort of chucking stuff in, um, which can be problematic for us. Um, so, we talk, this, is, this is a picture of an actual breakfast pack, uh, and I don't know, this is... Um, you know the little kids packs, you get variety packs, that's the size that that is for grown men, that's what they get and they get that when they pick up their dinner at, at, in the evening at five o'clock and that's supposed to, they're supposed to hold off eating that till the next morning, they also pick up bread and jam with their evening meal which is supposed to be for their breakfast, so, um, uh, and the breakfast pack is, is, it's the only part, of well th- those breakfast packs are packed at Belmarsh Prison Um, And so there's not a lot of quality control going on. So you might get seven sugars one day, you might get two sugars, you might get Cocoa Pops, you might get Weetabix. Luck of the draw. Um, I mean, literally, luck of the draw. You open up a box, you don't actually know what's in there. You see a pack and it's just full of Weetabix or it's full of Cocoa Pops. Um, Interesting. Uh, There have been, you know, so this is kind of quite like, you know, a a sort of working lunch that you might have a baguette, but it's, it's every day, it's the same. Choices, um, but they have introduced soups and salads, which is you know good. Uh, the meals largely cooked from scratch. I mean, they are really quite appetising. We have tasted them all, um, not all of them, some some of them. <laughs> um, the difficulty with the meals is that particular specialist diets tend to not do so well. So halal and kosher, they tend to be ready meals that are bought in and just heated up. So that's not that's more processed. Um, the vegetable content's not always obvious from the menu. Okay. Um, so, and on and on. Um, the food quality all all right, but the, the prison is, you know, tied into one big national um, buying contract. So they have, they have limited choice of staff. So they may order stuff, and if it doesn't come, they just have to make do with what they, what they do get. So there's, there's an issue there. Um, I'm not going to go through that labelling... Um, So that's basically what a prison... That's a Friday. So they get a shoot at the beginning of the week and they have to pick their meals two weeks in advance. That's just one example. That's a lunchtime. So it's not entirely obvious what they're picking. And you wouldn't necessarily know from that's the dinner. You wouldn't necessarily know if you were looking at how many portions of fruit and veg am I getting. The healthy heart seems to be, from what we can work out, is is entirely random. Um. (laughs) Uh, sometimes it, sometimes it makes sense sometimes it doesn 't <laughs> but it 's very carb heavy it 's very carb heavy because carbs fill and but they 're highly refined carbs largely, which is not great, so you know you could make better choices, but that, this, the way it 's laid out doesn 't make it easy that 's the old canteen list I, I meant to refresh this, but i didn 't have a chance so at the time you could have there was just like this, this canteen list is like five pages long. And there's five items of fresh fruit and veg, that's it. And we priced it up, it was cheaper in Tesco's than it was on the canteen list. So they know, prisoners knows that they're being ripped off. This is, you know, lots of, um, there's lots of things to go, so I haven't, there isn't time, but this is just part of the sweets and chocolates on the canteen list. So it doesn't reflect the Well put Guide at all, um, which is what we would like, this is what we're sort of um, pushing towards. Sorry, I'm going to race through. Um, I think one of the thing for us is there's lots of different agencies that work in, particularly in Wandsworth, and I'm assuming it's the same with other prisons, so there's an issue between um, delivering a service within a prison and not being part of the prison service. It's easy, I think, to, 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 for blame, the blame culture to kind of be fostered. Um, the canteen list is delivered by an outside profit-making company, DHL, so they have no motivation to make... Um, the the list better. Uh, As an individual prison it's very difficult for them to kind of fight against that but in a way it's our role to take uh, the evidence and the the information that we get from Wandsworth to work with the reform organisations to say look this is the evidence we have. We're not really, we're not a reform campaigning organisation but we Gather evidence that helps inform what we think needs to to, to change. Food is our focus, not prison reform, but we're very interested in prison reform. We think food is an an absolutely essential element of that. Um, again, you know, as Fiona said, and um, you said this morning earlier that it's important to have evidence-based, um, so that through practical experience. Um, And I think, you know, we've talked about this, the national campaigning has to be one step removed from the sort of individual prison work that we're doing. Um, And, you know, in terms of what we're doing, there's no use in in doing sort of lab campaigning because a lot of the staff in the prisons are already beleaguered enough. You know, we want to be there to add value, to give support and see what um, we can do. Um, I didn't mention kettles at all, but I should. Um, so, one thing is that there's, there's the rules and then there's the reality of what actually happens. Um, and the kettles are uh, uh, really about that. They all cook in their, in their kettles, but they're not allowed to. Um, so how can we work with the prisoners to say these are things that you can cook in your kettles more and make healthier choices, and how can we then work with the prison service and the prison governors to say, look, could you just you know, bring a few more things onto the canteen so that they can cook? We know you know that they're not allowed to, but they do. Um, so there's negotiations and you have different um, conversations with different stakeholders and being aware of that. Um, I think really important for us is that if this Lack of effective communication, at least to a vacuum, particularly around prisons, because they're locked in their cells 23 hours a day, and they, you know, gossip and, you know, a vacuum and conspiracy theories are absolutely rife in prisons. So better communications with prisons themselves is really important. Um, and again, fitting a message. So how we talk to prisons and what we say to them is not the same as what we say to prison officers who are working on the ground, and then governors and national uh, Department of Justice or NOMS um, and uh, yeah, the motivations and constraints, trying to unpick how successful we can be um, within the sort of very slight chaotic situation within one's just as it stands. Um, I think it's really important that we work in other prisons to see how effective our programme can be in different circumstances because there are lots of, I mean every prison is different and so it's really important for us to work out whether we can make it work in other places. And I suppose the last thing is about never promising anything that you can't deliver, particularly with prisons, um, because they really feel it. So hopefully we'll have time for a few questions, but thank you.